0: They're playing basketball.
1: We love that basketball. They're playing
2: basketball. Hello, everybody! I'm so excited to be back on College Hoops, Hoops Chat. Yes, I am Jim Mustano, your host on College Hoops Chat, our weekly college basketball. Radio show here on WVOX, 1460 AM in the great city of New Rochelle, New York. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with me the past two years. This is episode number one of season three. And we got some terrific guests to kick off the season. Connor Hope from Heat Check CBB. Uh, He's going to come talk about a brand new effort by a bunch of college basketball analysts and publications to put together the very best preseason analysis that you can buy for only $19 called The Almanac. Connor's going to come on and talk about that. Then we have our friend Patrick Madden, who's uh, become a regular on the show. He's going to talk about the Big East. He's the host of the Big Big East blog. And, of course, you know who will be the last caller today, Kenny from Rye. Kenny from Rye, our number one caller my lifelong buddy, third-grade friend to, to this day, and Kenny's been an awesome friend and part of this show from day one, and I'm so thankful that I have Kenny uh, to do the show with. So uh, without further ado, let's start talking about college basketball. How about that? All right, so let me say this. This is a labor of love. I imagine we have some new fans, uh, new listeners this year, and I want you to know this is a labor of love. Uh, I do this show because I just love college basketball so much. I've loved it since grammar school. Wherever I went in life, I watched college basketball. When I was in the Marines on a Saturday night, trust me, most of the Marines were not going to a sports bar to watch college basketball. But wherever I was in my life, I watched college basketball. I even watched, when I was a little kid, the epic game where Notre Dame upset UCLA and broke their... Uh, win, win streak, I got the exact number of games, but I even saw that game. I was into college basketball in grammar school, all right? So I love the sport, been watching it since I was a little kid, and to have this show, be able to talk about college basketball every week with all of you is so much fun for me. All right, so for new listeners, let me tell you, we cover all of college basketball on this show. Do we have favorites? Yes, we do, okay? So let me go over some of the favorites. We have teams that we give a little extra coverage to. Uh, Of course, Iona, number one, they're the home team. I'm sitting in a studio in New Rochelle, New York, five minutes from Iona College, excuse me, Iona University campus. They've changed their name since our last episode. Iona University. So it's going to be fun to cover Iona this year. They were a great team last year that unfortunately had a hiccup in their conference tournament and then didn't play well in the NIT and the season ended real fast. So they might start a little slow this year because they lost three of their top four players from last year. But Rick Pitino brought in a lot of strong freshmen and transfer talent. They're going to be a very good team. I think they have the most talent in their conference, the MAC. but they got to bring this team together without three of their most important players who graduated. So we'll see how Iona does this year. I predict they kind of start a little slow, but they should be excellent by February and March. All right, that's a quick thought on Iona College. Next week, we'll be talking more about Iona College uh, here on College Hoops Chat. All right, St. Bonaventure, that's where I went to college, out of high school. Uh, They went to the NIT semifinals last year. It was so much fun, and now all five starters are gone. So it's going to be tough to say a lot of great things about St. Bonaventure for this upcoming season. I think they're going to have a tough time. They lost all five starters, but I will tell you, they got some excellent transfers. We'll see how that comes together. In the Big East, we kind of talk about two teams a little extra, although we talk a lot about the Big East on this show. But St. John's, I've been rooting St. John's since I was a little kid, and we have Kenny from Rye, went to Providence, loves Providence, so we talk about Providence as well in the Big East. We talk about Buffalo, the Buffalo Bulls. Why? That's where I went to law school, so since I went to that school, they get bonus points here on College Hoops Chat. University of South Carolina, we talk about the Gamecocks, because that's where my son goes, he's a senior this year, and they have a five-star freshman named Gigi Jackson. Be very interesting to see how he plays as a freshman in the SEC for South Carolina. And lastly, but certainly not least, University of North Carolina. Why do I root for North Carolina? I own a house in North Carolina uh, for about 16 years now, When we bought the house. We adopted the Tar Heels as one of our basketball teams. Let me tell you, that was a really great decision because Tar Heels win awful lot in basketball. So those are the teams uh, that we give a little favoritism to here on the show. So I thought I'd share that with you. Now, because I have this show and I'm having so much fun with this show, I will tell you that I got a nice call from somebody who was putting together a top 25 ranking every week during the season. And they asked me to be a voter. How about that? So I was pretty psyched. I did my first... Top 25, which I filed in the preseason poll, and I'll be doing that every Sunday, so that should be fun. So I thought I would share with you my thoughts on my top 10. I can't get through the whole top 25 with thoughts before we have our first guest, Connor Hope. But let me try to get through why I picked uh, my top 10 and give you kind of a roadmap to some teams you should be watching for. Because they're going to be great. Obviously, they're just not my top 10. A lot of people have these teams in their top 10. So let's go through that, talk about some of the top teams in the preseason as we head into the season. By the way, folks, should have said this at the beginning. College basketball games are going to be played four weeks from today. 28 days we'll be watching college basketball on TV. Some people said to me, why are you starting the show so early, and I said, not that early. We're starting the show four weeks before the tip-off of the first game. All right. So here's my top ten. Ready? Houston, the Houston Cougars. I have number one. I'm going to tell you why. They have a loaded roster of guys really committed to the coach's system, and they are very well coached by Kelvin Sampson. As a matter of fact, last couple of years, to me, they're one of the teams that best reflects their coach and loves playing the system of their coach. And they're very disciplined in that. They're tough to beat. They've won 60 games in the past two years, the Houston Cougars. Did you know that, folks? And they've proven to play well in the tournament. So they play in an easier conference, the American Athletic Conference. So I think the Cougars are going to be near the top of the rankings all season because they have an excellent team that could play in any conference. Uh, But I think they're going to dominate the AAC. Uh, Here's some names to keep an eye on. Jamal Sheed, Marcus Sasser, who's great. Traymond Mark, and Reggie Cheney all back. Plus, they got a five-star freshman. Is they, they go 10 deep. Houston's going to be a very hard team for anybody to play in America. Number two, Gonzaga. They, you know they're 90-7 and seven over the past three years? I'm going to say that again. Gonzaga is 90-7 and seven in the past three years. It's an unbelievable record. They have lots of talent uh, back with Drew Timmy. Uh, a key transfer district in Malachi Smith, Julius Strother. Uh, There's a, a really good team. But what uh, Malachi Smith? Malachi Smith is a transfer for Tennessee Chattanooga. He was one of the top players in America last year. He's a, kind of an under-the-radar transfer to Gonzaga. I think he's going to take off in that program. So watch Malachi Smith on Gonzaga. I think he's going to, could be a guy that leads them to a national championship. Number three, you know I love them. So this is coming from my heart. I love the North Carolina Tar Heels. They went to the finals last year. They should have won it. They had a big first-half lead uh, against Kansas, but then they blew it in the second half. Well, they decided to bring it all back and try it again. Four of their top five starters are back. They wanted to come back, play together one more time to win a national championship, which is impressive in this day and age. And then they added Pete Nance, somebody that averaged 14.6 points a game last year with Northwestern. That's an incredible starting five. North Carolina is going to be great. Number four, Kentucky. There's one name why I have them number four. Oscar Tshiebwe. He's the best player in the nation. Last year, 17.4 points per game, 15.1 rebounds per game. Oscar Toshibwe. It'll be fun to watch Kentucky just so you can watch Oscar play. Number five, Big East fans are not going to want to hear this, but this is the best team in the Big East this year. Creighton. Number five, Creighton. Ryan Nebhart, Trey Alexander, Arthur Kaluma, Ryan Caulkbrenner, and a huge transfer in Bailey Shireman. That is an incredible starting five that Creighton has. They're going to be the best team in the Big East. Baylor, number six. Three key players back from last year, Flagler, Cryer, and Thamba. Two big-time transfers, Bridges from West Virginia, Loner from B. BYU, and Scott Drew, the coach of Baylor, is a premier coach in this country. They're going to be another strong team this year, Baylor Bears. Number seven, number seven, UCLA, another well-coached team with Mick Cronin. They got two major bedrock players back in Jamie Jacquez and Tiger Campbell. There's lots of other talent around them. They have a strong bench, and they got a big freshman coming in. UCLA is going to be excellent, and they'll do well in the pac 12 Okay, here's a team to watch, folks, because I think this team could be even better than I think. Number eight, Indiana Hoosiers. They have one of the best players in the nation in Trace Jackson Davis, and they have four returning starters around them. They should be the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, I think they're excellent, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Indiana this season. Uh, this might be a big comeback this year uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. We've always kind of wanted to see that blue blood program bounce back. Number nine, how to put them there because they just have too much talent. Duke, best recruiting class. More one and dones, five-star freshman. But there'll be a transition phase with new coach John Scherer. That's why I have them at nine, despite the talent. And number 10, Bill Self can coach with anyone. So I'm going to put Kansas at number 10. They have star Jalen Wilson back. They got a big transfer in Kevin McCullough. I don't see them winning at all this year. But I do think Kansas will be a very good team. I got them at number 10 going into the season. Now, two other teams that belong in the top 10, but there's only 10 slots, so I couldn't get them in. But teams 11 and 12 are just as good as all the teams in the top 10. And that's Arkansas and TCU. And I would keep a close watch on TCU. TCU um, has an excellent team, but they're kind of gritty They're defensive. They're a throwback team, maybe to the old Big East of 10 years ago. I like them. And I think TCU is going to open up a lot of eyes this year. And Arkansas is loaded with talent. And they play the coach's style. They have kind of a cool coach. Kids really like playing for them in Musselman. So I would uh, watch those two teams, Arkansas and TCU. I could see Arkansas winning the SEC, uh, no doubt. And I could see TCU. Those teams are great. So that's my top 10. Of my top 25 that I handed in on my sheet for the first week for the preseason. I'll be uh, keeping you up to date with that throughout the years. Again, this is the College Hoops Chat Radio Show. I am Jim Maysano, your host. I'm here every Monday from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. And I'm so happy to be back this season. Uh, I do miss the show when I'm not here. But I will tell you, it's a lot of work to do the research. To talk about all this college basketball every Monday night. So I enjoyed my summer break. We took a break in May so May, June, July, and August, and September. We took a break from College Hoops Chat, and we are back here, so we'll go from October to May. That is how it will go now uh, for College Hoops Chat. Our season will be from October to May, and this is our third season. We've had two s- successful seasons. Let me tell you, we have a lot of top analysts in college basketball who are playing to call in the show this season. I've been working the phones and the tweets and the texts and the emails with some top analysts one of them's going to be calling any minute now uh in connor hope and the phone just rang but we got a lot of great people calling in as guests i think you're really gonna enjoy this season so uh, without further ado we're going to go to our first guest of the 2022-23 season connor hope from heat check cbb connor how are you
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Well, it's very nice you to call. Uh, I called you at the last minute, but I thought it would be fun for you to come on because uh, let me give a preview for you, Connor. Uh, well, now first, Connor, introduce yourself. Talk about how you work with Heat Check CBB and the different things you do in college basketball.
1: Yeah, so I am a, a writer and the head of uh, business operations for Heat Check CBB. Uh, there's six of us who write for the site. On top of writing for the site, myself and Brian Routh host a podcast called The Heat Check Hangout that you can find on YouTube and and other podcast networks. Um, And we just got finished uh, a couple weeks ago uh, working with the Field of 68 as well well as Three Man Weave uh, to put together an 800-page college basketball preview called The Almanac. So lots of things going on with Heat Check uh, the past couple of months that we're really excited
2: about. So I have a question for you, Connor. Last year, Heat Check, CBB, did a preseason um, analysis as well. Was that something that kind of led to the bigger creation of this almanac? Yes, it did. Um,
1: I, I don't know exactly how uh, it happened when uh, Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster approached uh, Eli Becker, who's the uh, founder of Heat Check. But basically, last year, we had two we had two previews we had one for the season, one for March Madness. Uh, we were really proud of them, but we just wanted to be able to do more and cover all of the teams as opposed to just the teams uh, at the beginning of the year that we felt had a shot at making the tournament so this this allowed us to do that we We were able to speak with every head coach in the country, which was something that we didn't do last year um, and the previews I feel like are are longer and more in in depth because of that so It did spawn from last year, but I know it was something that uh, 3-Man Weave and and Field of 68 were also uh, interested in joining uh, and, and working with us on.
2: All right, folks. The Almanac. It's called The Almanac. 814 pages. As Connor just told you, they spoke to every coach. I think that's 363 coaches now. Am I correct, Connor? Yep, yep. 360. There's five new teams this year, which we'll talk about on another show. Now, let me just go back a little bit, Connor, for people that don't know. You and I look at these sites on Twitter every day. But Field of 68, Three Man Weave, and Heat Check CBB. Now, Connor's at Heat checks CBB. It's one of the very best places uh, on Twitter and on the Internet to follow college basketball. Uh, I follow them daily. But Field of 68 is kind of a really cool and different site uh, in the college basketball world because they do a lot of live video with Rob Dowster, And uh, if you wanted to sometimes just sit back and put up the video and watch it at nighttime, you get a lot of information about college basketball. And Three Man Weave is another place that does really top high caliber work. Uh, I've been following them as well since I started this show. Matter of fact, Connor, he checks CBB. Uh, and Three Man Weave, along with John Rothsteiner, three of the key places, and Busting Brackets too, by the way, where I got most of my information to be able to host the show. I thought you'd be happy to know that.
1: Uh, thanks. That's, that's, that's great. All, all of those outlets um, are, are top notch, so you can't go wrong with any of them.
2: All right, folks. So let me give the link. It's important to do the link. If you First of all, let me just say this. I fully endorse The Almanac. It's 814 pages, jam-packed with college basketball coverage. I think it's 1995 or something like that. Is that correct, Connor? Yeah, that's correct. It's 1995. That's all you have to pay. If you want to get ready for the season, if you really want to analyze the 2022-2023 season, you should get the Almanac. There's no doubt in my mind I have it. Every time I open it, I don't even, I can't even get out of it. It's so interesting. There's so much information in the Almanac. So let me give you the link, folks, so you can go and buy the Almanac. So here's the link. The Almanac, T-H-E-A-L-M-A-N-A-C.Gumroad.com. TheAlmanac.Gumroad.com. If you go to that link, you can buy uh, the Almanac. Do you want to add anything, Connor?
1: No, just um, I, hope, I hope your listeners enjoy the Big West and Big Sky previews. Those are the two conferences uh, that I worked on as well as um, the uh, top uh, in- transfers, the, the top impact transfers, uh, Brian and I tag-teamed that one. So right, okay. uh, it was a great experience, and I'm, I'm very proud of the work that all of us did.
2: Well, it's, the whole thing is incredible. I mean, I'm telling you, Connor, every time I open it, I have to get like crack open a cold beer because I'm going to be there for about an hour because you have so much great information in the Almanac. Everybody out there, if you love college basketball, get the Almanac. And I will post links on how to buy it on my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram over the next couple of days. All right, Connor, I want to change over now, if you don't mind, uh, to yep. uh, t- I think you are an alumni of Gonzaga. Am I remembering this correct?
1: Yeah, I am, I am an alum of Gonzaga.
2: All right, so as I admitted to Connor on uh, Twitter today, I have a secret crush on Gonzaga. I wish I was a Gonzaga fan because, as I said earlier, uh, they're 90-7 and over the last three years. That's a pretty cool way to root for a basketball team when they're 90-7 and over three years. But uh, you tell me how you're feeling coming into the season with the Gonzaga Bulldogs.
1: You know, I- I'm feeling pretty good. Um, obviously... They, they lose some incredible talents. Uh, Andrew Nemhard was the best pick and roll point guard in basketball last year. Chet Holmgren obviously was a, a top three pick in the NBA draft. Um, but bringing back Drew Timmy was huge. Bringing back Roger Bolton was massive. They, they have Julian Strother as well uh, as kind of those three starters that they return. They bring in Malik Pai Smith from Chattanooga and then they have just a really quality group of young, promising players. Uh, Nolan Hickman could be the big breakout player for Gonzaga this year. Hunter Salas, who is the same recruiting class as Hickman, both of them were five-star recruits. He has an an incredible amount of bounce and athleticism. Uh, Efton Reed, the LSU transfer, didn't really catch on, I think, as much as he wanted to at LSU, uh, but his size and his skill set fits into Mark View's system. And you've got Anton Watson and Dominic Harris. Both have been around the program for multiple years. So this is a team that can run maybe a little bit deeper than the last couple of years uh, for Mark view, even if you don't necessarily have that one guy on the team that would be a top five pick uh, in the NBA draft like you've had in the past two years. So, so I'm really excited. Um, I think that they're definitely a, a top five team. You know, there are other great teams that I think might be a little bit ahead of them at this point, but... Uh, you know, that the ceiling for Gonzaga is just as high as it ever is.
2: I agree. I agree. I'm thinking that you're one of the top three teams in the nation. Um, I'll tell you my concern. I don't think right now, but something may emerge, and maybe even in Nolan Hickman, but uh, it's going to be really hard to replace Andrew Nebhart. He was a terrific point guard, and I don't look at the roster right now, and nobody jumps out at, at me as somebody that can replace him as point guard.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't think there is replacing Andrew Nemhard as, as point guard. You know, obviously Gonzaga lost Jalen Suggs two years ago to the NBA draft, and that might have been an easier replacement than losing Nemhard, despite the fact that Suggs' talent level was higher than Nemhard's. I feel like what Nemhard brought from an IQ and a, and a court vision perspective is almost unrivaled in college basketball. Um, you're going to be running probably a three-man point guard, kind of two point guards starting and then one off the bench that can rotate in. Um, Mark, Few you love to run two point guards on the court, but you've got Hickman, but you've also got Roger Bolton and Malachi Smith who are both redshirt seniors. They're both using their extra year of eligibility. Um, and so if Hickman has some early struggles, you could see Bolton or Smith, who have both had experience as the primary point guard on their on their teams, step in and take that role. Um,
2: all right. That's your last, that's the last thought today on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. We will talk about them more on the show. Um, Connor, thank you so much for calling the show. Great work with the Almanac. We'll talk to you again on the show. All
1: right, thank you.
2: Thank you. All right. Connor Hope does great work. He checks CBB. First commercial break of the season. Jim Massana. we're going to a commercial break. Okay, folks. We are back on College Hoops Chat. I am your host, Jim Maysano, here on WVX, And we have uh, on the line uh, one of our friends of the radio show here, Patrick Madden, uh, who is the uh, host and leader of the Big Big East blog. Patrick calls all the time, and we really appreciate his insights on the Big East. Patrick, how are you? Hey, Jim. How's it going? Patrick, are you there? I am here, yes. Hold on one second, Patrick. We might have some technical issues here. Are you there, Patrick? I I can hear you, Jim. All right. So now everyone can hear you very well. How are you, Patrick? I am good, Jim. I'm ready for basketball. You're ready for basketball, Well, especially since we're both Mets fans, and after last night we're ready for a transition. Uh, That is true, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right. So, Patrick Madden, Big Big East Block. I've got some questions about the Big East, so let's start chatting. Oh well, first tell everybody about the big, big East blog.
0: Well, I mean, we're doing—we're in the middle of preview season right now. We're doing a preview, a team uh, during the rest of the month of March. Uh, Wednesday for the St. John's fans, we'll be doing our St. John's preview. Friday for the Seton Hall fans, we'll be doing the Seton Hall preview. And then next Monday for the Providence fans, uh, we'll be uh, checking in on the Flyers.
2: All right, so that, that'll uh, stay be fun. Tuned. That'll be fun. I'll be sharing everything on social media to help Patrick out. All right, let's jump into one of these teams. Now, it's your alma mater, I believe, the Seton Hall Pirates. That's your alma mater? Yes. All right, so he is a pirate. Patrick, Shaheen Holloway, the NCAA darling, the star of the NCAA tournament, was a coach this year with his awesome St. Peter's team that knocked down all the Giants. He's now the coach at Seton Hall. How is the transition going? Well,
0: I mean, it, it appears he kept a lot of the, he kept a lot of players from last year. It's interesting to see how they are integrating into the system that Holloway wants to play. Some seem to be transitioning better than others. Uh, there was an interesting article done uh, by one of the local papers down here about how you know Holloway's trying to form a relationship with Kadari Richmond, who uh, is projected to be his starting point guard and with uh, Tyree Samuel, who's a senior forward, who's in his fourth year. Uh, So how Holloway integrates the returning players from some of the transfers he's brought in, Casey Nadefo, Alamir Dawes, Trey Davis, Femi know It's how he mixes and matches those groups, and then he's going to play a much bigger rotation than Kevin Willard plays. Freshmen are going to play more often, so... It's going to be interesting to see how he imposes the brand of basketball he played at St. Peters at Seaton Hall and whether that translates into the Seaton Hall remaining in the position they're in where you know they come in the middle of the standings in the Big East conference and then they usually sneak into the to the NCAA tournament you know like as a 9 8 10 seed something to that nature.
2: Well, I think Seaton Hall did well uh in a transfer portal, that's for sure. Uh, here, all right, so quick quick question. You have to give a quick answer. As of today, do you think Seton Hall is in the NCAA tournament? Uh, yes. All right, that's a yes folks. All right, let's turn to the team that's usually the best team uh, in the Big East. I mean, when you look at how many times they've won it in a row, either the regular season or the tournament or both, that would be the Villanova Wildcats. I have listeners who are Villanova fans. Um uh, I have now concerns. First of all, I've been concerned all offseason because Justin Moore. I'm not quite sure when he's coming back to play for Villanova. But now a big injury happened this week. Cam Whittemore, uh, a six foot seven forward from Maryland, five star recruit, like the 20th best recruit in America, probably a lottery pick in the NBA draft next year. He hurt his right thumb. Tell us about that.
0: Yes, uh, it was reported uh, on Friday afternoon. Uh, that Whitmore had injured himself at the end of a practice. I think it was on Wednesday, and unfortunately, the injury was such that he needed to, he needs to get surgery on the hand. Now, what Villanova has said is that they're going to, you know, shut him down for about a month, see what it looks like in the beginning of November, and see you know when and if he can get back to basketball playing activities. So Whitmore is a total you know wild card at this point because. You don't know how well the surgery is going to go. You don't know how well it's going to recover. It's also his shooting hand. So it's something where, you know, if Whitmore can't use his shooting hand, then, you know, what good is he going to be to the villain of a Wildcats? Now, I want to throw an insight about Moore. About two or three weeks ago, Moore sat down with John Fanta and told told John that he was shooting to be back before New Year's. Okay. Um, Now, he's coming off an Achilles. He's counting off an Achilles tendon injury. Usually those take about a year, and he went down uh, in the the Elite Eight matchup last March. But if he thinks he can be back by around the beginning of New Year's, that would be a major boost to Villanova heading into conference play.
2: So Villanova has a new coach in Kyle Neptune, uh, came from Fordham, did a really good job at Fordham. Um, I think uh, it's really hard to do any predictions of Villanova because... Frankly, based on everything we've just discussed, I have no idea when Justin Moore and Cam Whittemore are going to play this year. And maybe there's even a chance they both don't play. If they both don't play, that's a very different Villanova team than if they both play.
0: Right. I think if, I'd be shocked if Moore didn't play because I think Moore is determined. You know, he's he sort of has become the leader in the clubhouse or the leader in the locker room now that a Colin Gillespie has graduated. All right, quick so question. Moore is the leader. And I think he wants to set the example by, you know, working as hard as he is on his rehab, uh, helping out some of the younger players. They have another really good freshman named Mark Armstrong, who could be poised to get a lot of playing time with Whitmore and Moore being out. Right. Uh, they have another redshirt freshman Angelo Brizzy, who was who was slated to be the point guard in waiting. He redshirted last season because he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time between Moore and Gillespie. So they have talented players. Uh, now, are they going to struggle in their non-conference without Whitmore and more? Absolutely. But come Big East time and come the time when it counts, uh, if you assume Moore is going to be healthy and there's a pretty good shot Whitmore is going to be healthy, you know, all things being considered, Villanova is going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, when it's the time for things like winning Big East tournament championships or advancing in the NCAA tournament.
2: All right, quick question, then we got to move on. Does Villanova win the Big East this year, if you were a betting man? Not the regular season. Okay. Number three. Kenny from Rye, our Providence guy, wants me to ask you, what's the leadership going to be like on Providence this year? They lost Benaya and Durham, two of their leaders. Um, But they bring in some uh, key transfers, like Corey Floyd and Bryce Hopkins from... from, uh, Kentucky, and also Devin Carter from my son's school, South Carolina. Not happy about that, Patrick. They left South Carolina. Who's going to be the leaders on Providence this year?
0: I think you're looking at the two guys who have been with Providence's program the longest on the current roster. Jared Bynum, the point guard, who really broke out last season and really when he found his three-point shooting touch, he became a much better player than he was during the rest of his tenure at Providence. And then you're looking at Ed Croswell. Who's also going into I believe it's his third year with the program, so these are two guys who have been with Ed Cooley for the longest time, and because they were key parts of the team that won the regular season championship last year, they're going to set they're going set the, they're going to set the standard for what the expectations are for all of the newcomers coming in for Providence. So I don't think leadership is not something I'd be worried about. what I'd be worried about is how the chemistry between players like Hopkins and Floyd and Carter, uh, and and the newcomers from Providence, how they mix in with Bynum and Croswell, who sort of have you know sort of have a set program. How do those guys integrate? You know, last year the guys you're talking about, Mania and Durham, were grad players who you know sort of accepted the season. So did Noah Horshler. Those were all veteran players. The guys you mentioned, Floyd and Hopkins are two younger players, as is Carter, by the way. Yes. So these are young. They, they don't have the experience. They have more talent than Hoeschler and Durham and Mania. Uh So that's something where, you know, the, the, ceiling's very, the ceiling could be very high for Providence. The floor could be a little bit lower than you would expect because you don't know how well those pieces are going to integrate. But if anybody can work with transfers in the Big East, it's Ed Cooley.
2: I agree. All right, let's one more question. Let's get another team in here. I told you on the phone today, Patrick, two high school coaches in a local area both said the exact same thing to me, and they both know more about basketball than I do. How the heck are Pasha Alexander and Andre Corbello gonna play guard together when they're both guys that need to have the ball all the time? This is the two of the stars now on St. John's, and they pretty much play the same position. What do you think?
0: I'm going to give you three different scenarios here to play out with here. My guess is that uh, Mike Anderson is going to start both of them in the backcourt. I think it's just a matter of those are two guys, the two guys on the team along with David Jones, who's the transfer coming in from the pool, who are going to demand the most minutes. So I think if, if he's, he's got to find a way to get them the minutes. And the first scenario is start them both. Uh, the other two scenarios are to give him a sort of a platoon, or Anderson could just simply play the hot hand. Which guy does he like better at a particular game, at a particular matchup?
2: Okay, that's it, Patrick. Great job as always. We'll talk again about the biggie soon. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, folks, commercial break. We'll be right back to finish up the show. Back on College Hoops Chat, I am Jim Massano, your host. This is our opening show of Season 3. We're so happy to be here at WVOX today. Great guests so far with Connor Hope and Patrick Madden. And now our third guest, our number one caller, my friend since third grade, you all know him as Kenny from Rye. Kenny, are you there? James, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Having a ball. Great opening show, right?
3: Absolutely, and congrats on season three. I mean, when you started this thing and you called me and you said, I think I'm going to do this college basketball program on WVOX, I'm like, well, how and when and where? And uh, you said, well, we'll figure it out. And you sure have. And you've gotten a great guest, and we followed the season perfectly. I think uh, the timing from September to May is great. And, you know, every year the guests get better. They get smarter and do better content each and every day.
2: Yes, and next week I don't want to make uh, any commitment yet, but we might have one of the top college basketball analysts in America on the show next week working on that right now, uh, even better than Kenny from Rye if you could believe that
3: <laughs> exactly, and we all you can probably guess who it is, but it would it would be a great uh, com- <clears throat> compliment to you to your show and, and what you've done not only on the air but also on the social media channels channels and everything else. And uh, you know, you know, people are people are tuning in. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts with you know the computer and the way you put the website out. It's it's all working. And I think you know, each and every each and every week we get a bigger group.
2: Well, thank you, Kenny, from Ryan. That's true. We do have a website, and our Twitter page now has 26,000 followers. And that's something I have to tell you, I'm very, very excited about. All right, Ken, are you going to get the almanac, the 814-page most comprehensive guide to the 2022-23 college basketball season?
3: I did. I did. You sent it to me today. I think at about uh, six fifteen, and I went through the, the entire thing in about an hour and a half. But I, I thought it was a great guest, and I, you know, it's interesting how you mentioned that the three organizations that um, that have combined on this have really built, a, you know, a, a great reference page from a perspective of, you know, each and every program, because each and every program is is local in, in some respect, and I think it's important for people to see who who's on the team, and as we know. It's a much, more, much more flow than we've ever had in the past. I mean, I had to go on the website today as we've had, you know, March, excuse me, uh, Midnight Madness at Providence and say who is on the roster because I, I'm still not sure until the day of that. So um, it, it's, 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 I think it's a great void that needs to be filled, and I think they've done a fabulous job at that.
2: Right. Let me just mention to people, because you just made a great point, and I probably should have put this in my notes, so I'm glad uh, you said what you said. Folks, it's very confusing now to follow college basketball teams because there's so much turnover with the transfer portal. So there's so many guys graduating, transferring, uh, transfers going in, transfers going out, freshmen coming in, uh, extra year because of COVID. It's very confusing to know who's on what team. Here's somebody that helps you out. His name is Jeff Borzello, B-O-R-Z-E-L-L-O, Look up Jeff Borzello on the ESPN website. All right? He put together it's so great, Kenny. I'll send you the link uh, after the show. and also put the link up on our Twitter page, if anybody wants to see. He's gone through and tracked every single player in and out of all the power Conference teams. So it's such a helpful tool. Like you could just pick a team, Kenny, go look at it, and you can immediately see uh, who's new? And who's gone? Uh, Right away, you could have done that before you watched uh, Providence uh, Midnight Basketball, right?
3: Absolutely. And, 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 you know, typically you should go on to programs page now, as I did to Providence today, as we passed the Midnight Madness. And they have the person, you know, his stats, you know, his size and everything else. And, you know, his high school. And then they also, now a new thing, college that he attended before. And it's, you know, half the roster has got a place where they've been somewhere before. So, you know, the fluidity of people and where they are, particularly starting the school year, is amazing. Uh, and so, as I say, these are necessary tools nowadays.
2: All right. So before we're going to get into our subject, tonight, Kenny and I are going to chat about some of the top returning players in America. I'm going to give you a minute or so to tell me your feelings about your Providence Friars.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. You and I have had a discussion before, and we talked about it a lot last year with regards to what was going to work. Is it going to be the teams that take a lot of the transfers, you know, that take a big, you know, really restock on transfers? Is that going to work? Is it the team that stick with the freshmen and then kind of hope they grow? Or is it a combination of both? And I think what we've kind of learned is probably a combination of both. Too many new people, you know, five out of five or four out of five is probably too much. Two out of five, which was Providence's case last year, probably worked. Now, granted, they had great leadership from the two people that came. They were fifth years. But I do think that the transfer portal, it, 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 you can't deny it anymore. So if you're not in that game, you're, you're hurting yourself. The thing that I saw from Providence was, and what I've seen from Ed and what he's talked about also, is everybody he, he gets involved with on the transfer portal, he has known from high school He's not just chasing somebody from a hot school who had a hot year. He's, he's going after people that he recruited or his, or his staff had recruited while they were in high school. So he knows that young man from a standpoint of his, his maturity level, his academics, uh, what he did, where he, where he went, and then, and then the opportunity to come to Providence now and to buy into what Ed's trying to build. And I think that, that, that is a, you know, we talk about culture a lot, and I think that's important. Ed has built a culture in the sense that, this kid coming, the, the, the transfer's coming in. It's not like he doesn't know them. He's, he's recruited them for years before they, they joined the, the, the college program that they decided to go to, But it, be it not Providence.
2: All right, And Kenny, I think
3: that, that's a big deal.
2: But, Kenny, why do you have to keep taking guys from the South Carolina Gamecocks? It's two years in a row. <laughs> what are you doing? That's my son now you're messing with.
3: I was going to say, and also the fact is that you have to admit, Minaya last year was probably the glue to the team. You know, I mean, he, he,
2: was, he came, he's an excellent player.
3: I mean, you called it right from the get-go. Like he was so
2: underused,
3: so underused at USC, it was ridiculous. His court sense, his maturity, his defensive ability—when he was on the court, they were a different team than when he was off. And and you couldn't, you can't quantify it, quantify it just in stats. You had to do it in leadership and defense and and the ugly points and then the rebounds and the tips and blocks. And he was fabulous. And, and I, I do believe that he was really the difference maker last year. And I, I would love to ask Coach Cooley that question as well. What, who we thought. Durham was great. Obviously, Bynum stepped up. But I did think that Manaya was, was the glue of the team all last right, year all right. really let's, did success. let's
2: move to our subject matter because we'll be talking about your Providence Friars all season. Uh, when I look at the top players returning in college basketball, I'll tell you what I'm struck by. The top four players, and by the way, the Almanac, which we talked about, has a whole section about this. The top four players in the ranking that you and I uh, looked at before the show are big guys, right? There's been a time in college basketball where they said college basketball is about the guard. You know, the guards uh, are making you a better team in college basketball. But here you have number one player in the nation is probably Oscar Toshibwe from Kentucky. And you got Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Armando Bacot, who I think is a terrific player at North Carolina. He's one of my very favorite players in college basketball. And number four, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. These are four big guys with big stats, team leaders, dominant players. They're probably the four best players in America, and they're all like centers.
3: Well, again, let's go back to what he keeps saying our days. You look at someone who comes out nowadays, and I think other big centers have have mentioned this. The position is difficult, irrelevant at how the game has changed. The, the, The difficulty of playing in the center, playing down low, is hard physically and mentally and the fact is that I think some of these people are realizing the game has changed so not only are they have to be a physical presence and they have to understand how to work it in the paint but they also now are required to step out and hit at least a 15-footer and you know Timmy you know on Gonzaga mentioned uh, I'm now shooting beyond the arc and I think he's realizing his value is probably out there if he has any chance of making the NBA so that the players don't come out like Patrick Ewing anymore. They're not that, they're not that fine-tuned. Well, you know That's what, just though? just a fact.
2: Toshibu will. Oscar Toshibwe is kind of Ewing-like, <clears throat> right? He's a-
3: yeah, I mean, we will see. I mean, you know, we'll see how it is. A lot has to do with, obviously, the team they go to. But I, I think that position is harder, and I think these people are realizing that. And so that if everybody's chasing the guard, there's limited – Opportunity, there's, there's less opportunity for the big man to get cho- chosen in that first round, and that's the difference.
2: So, the first small guy ranked in this ranking, we saw Marcus Sasser at Houston. He's a terrific guard, six foot two. Uh, he was a star two years ago, he was a star last year until he got hurt. Uh, he's going to come back and lead Houston this year. He's kind of that old school uh, combo guard that can lead a team, and uh, Houston's going to be a lot better because Marcus Sasser is coming back to their team.
3: Well, you love Houston, and we've, we've talked about it a number of times. They've done an incredible job yes. of building that program back up, and so it, it doesn't surprise me what's going on down there, and this doesn't surprise me as well. Because he's coming back because he knows there's an opportunity to win it all. They don't come back to be last in the division. So it, that, that right away tells you the, the type of player and the type of program they're in and what they're going to do.
2: All right, two quick comments by me, if I can. I love Drew Timmy. He's one of the top offensive uh, kind of power forwards, I've seen in college basketball in years. He's a fun guy to watch. He plays with a lot of heart. Uh, he's an entertainer to the crowd. And he's got some low post moves, great footwork. Uh, some of the best I've ever seen. But the guy I'm, I'm nuts about, because I watch every North Carolina Tar Heel game, is Armando Baycott. Last year, 16.3 points per game, 13.1 rebounds per game. And the thing I want to tell you, Kenny, was the rest of the team started very slow last year. The only reason... North Carolina had enough wins to go in the tournament, was Baycott had them on his back all last year. Um, He was just a terrific, dominant big man that when the guards had an off night, they just got the ball down to him, or he moved the ball back and got the guards open shots. He's a double-double machine. Here's an interesting stat, Kenny. He's the first men's basketball player to ever have six double-doubles in the NCAA tournament. How about that, Kenny, from Ryan?
3: Yeah, I mean... I, I love the idea of these guys coming back. I love the you know the commitment to the program, obviously the interest in winning. The only thing that concerns me is we saw some of these teams last year. You and I mentioned this, and they didn't do as well as expected. So I, I'm interested to see those and what they're what how it plays
2: out. I agree. It's easy to make preseason predictions. Let's see what happens on the court. Four weeks from today, Kenny, we we'll watching games. Thank you, Kenny from Ryan. America's home.